Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Weekend Preview podcast for the weekend of April 22. I'm Joel Marshall, steering the ship once again with John Barker on a well-earned holiday. Joining me to take a look at all the action this week. No, listeners, you haven't travelled back in time. It is Carl Diorio back into the winning post and best bets stable after a handful of years with Racing.com. And Carl, good to have you back on the podcast. Likewise, Joel. Uh, thanks for the uh, the kind words, and it's great to be back. And uh, uh, it's it's like getting back on a bike again. The uh, the old systems of a Wednesday and Thursday rush. It's uh, it's a wonderful feeling. Indeed, yeah. Well, you say it now after you've got one under your belt, but uh, wait till you get a, <laughs> wait till you get another <laughs> another handful at least with barks away, and we'll see what you're like. But uh, it's you, you've joined us at the. I guess we're at a bit of a. Um, you know, we're in between Group 1 action, but there's still plenty of good racing. And, of course, we've got the Group 1 action just around the corner in Adelaide and Brisbane. And, and elsewhere, we've got uh, some big provincial meetings where Mornington and Hawkesbury hold their cup programs in Victoria and New South Wales. So what are you looking forward to most on Saturday? Well, I think this is the, the time of year, as you, you mentioned. There's plenty of racing on everywhere. And as a, as a writer, I suppose it's the most challenging aspect because sometimes when there's just Group 1 races, you know that's where the big stories are, are going to come from. And uh, there's the potential for, for a headline act to come from any of these four venues and, um, and have consequences for the future Group 1s in Adelaide and Brisbane. So I personally am looking forward to this Mornington Cup Cup is a really good race as you rode about in best bets and uh, I think there's a, a bit of value in that event. Yeah indeed we'll start with Mornington we've got the Mornington Cup as you said they've uh, shifted it to well sort of the back end of April this year we've had the win and you're in to the Caulfield Cup uh, golden ticket with this race for a few years but we've only had three I think three of the 12 or three of the 13 winners have actually gone on to run in the Caulfield Cup so it hasn't it sort of probably hasn't delivered on what the Melbourne Racing Club thought. They were, I guess they were hoping to get White Marlin there to the race this year, which was the original plan, but he'll now go around on Anzac Day. Instead, we do have a few horses coming out of Group 1, so it does look quite a strong race this year. There is another black-type race on the program at Mornington, and we'll kick off with that. It is the Hariba Stakes for the Sprinters, race number seven on the card. And just the field of nine to go around, but it does include last year's upset winner, not an option. Who are you with in the Hariba Cup? I'm with Curran. I've always been a fan of this horse all the way through his very long losing streak that came to an end last time at Geelong. And uh, uh, that race just panned out beautifully for him. And, and, you know, nothing against Matthew Cartwright, who has such a, a wonderful understanding and affiliation with the horse. But... Um, sometimes just a new pair of hands can, can make all the difference, uh, a bit like a fresh set of eyes, I suppose, and when it's like proofreading your own work, for, for want of a better term. And I just think the horse really relished that and, and won quite well. And I think the race sets up nicely for him with Jigsaw leaving uh, uh, quite boldly. So I've gone Curran on top from Jigsaw, uh, who, who is, you know, started this season in you know, career best form. Not an option for third, has run... Uh, well in recent times at Flemington and then she's all class uh, given that time between runs uh, a good last start uh, winner so I've gone four one three and five in the Hariba yeah I didn't have a lot of confidence but I went jigsaw I think he's got the early speed to overcome that wide gate and I think he probably gets a, a reasonably uncontested lead here and He's got the big weight, but I don't think that'll be an issue. I think he'll be pretty hard to beat. I've got She's All Class, who can be a bit tricky to catch, but she did win well first up against the boys, beating in the boat. She's been kept fresh, and that might be the trick to her 
six bless her would be advantaged by rain if we do happen to get some but she did hit the line pretty well at bendigo first up and in for fourth i've got last year's winner number three not an option race eight is the feature this is the three hundred thousand dollar mornington cup over 2400 meters and as i touched on carl we've got a few of these coming back from group one level including one that uh, we've both come up with uh, one of the imported runners yeah, up. There was a. I was reading the racing post ahead with Queen Elizabeth, and some of the British commentators were suggesting that maybe Gear Up rather than Dubai Honor could be the horse that big odds that can knock them off. But uh, I think this is a more suitable assignment. He's fitter for the two runs. He, he finished third in the Neville Cell, within eighth in the QE2 when he was just a bit outclassed, and he was looking for the 2400 metres. And uh, he is aided by a forgiving surface. So um, I think he just sets up really well from barrier four, should track the pace, has a, a bit of a short, sharp turn the foot and then stays on thereafter. So that should suit him. Got him ahead of, he's a shocker. I'm just worried about the barrier draw. He might have to go forward and commit. And, and I see him as more of a, of a, a sit sprinting type. Uh, third right you are. Hard to fault his form. And Fancy Man, the stablemate of Gear Up, uh, just raced way too keenly in the slowly run Easter Cup. His run prior in Neville Selwood was encouraging. If he relaxes, he can definitely win it. Yeah, similar numbers for me. I'm with Gear Up too. I think he's well over the odds. Just looks to get the right sort of run from that barrier, as you said. He's a shocker. I've got in for second. He's had a couple of cracks at 2,400 and beyond. They were a fair time ago, and he's definitely turned into a much better horse these days but still has to get that distance and from the tricky gate is the slight concern Vow and Declare should hopefully get a dryish track that's what he needs, he was pretty good in the tank but he travelled up really well um, just coming around the turn he sort of just lacked a bit of dash but then he, he did stay on quite well and was only a length off the winner and in for fourth I've also got Fancy Man as well, 4, 5 1 and 7 Carl take us through your best in value for Mornington yeah, best bet is race four, number seven, Convener, who I think is uh, going to be one of the shortest price favourites on the program. He was very, very unlucky at his Australian debut under John Allen. Just coming to the home turn, um, he, he just lost his position and then held up from the 500 to the 200 before switching back to the inside of runners and surged late for second. Uh, there'll be pace on in this race, uh, which the top from his wide draw over the 2,000 metres. And my value bet is gear up. The other horse I will mention is Extreme Flight in race five, number three. Another runner at Sandown Hillside last time over 1,400. That didn't have that much uh, galloping room in the straight and could be an improver at good each way odds. Uh, my best bet is race six, number four, Dashing. I like that form line through Gringotts at Sandown the other day and also the runner-up Loco showing a fair bit of promise too. And he went down fighting. He should have won the Morfordville Guineas prior. He got into a tr very awkward spot last on the turn and charged through for second. He's had three runs at the mile under the belt. So he's rock hard fit. He'll get a good ride from Linda Meach. And I thought he would be hard to beat. And my value bet, I did toss up between gear up or the one in the last. And I've, I've gone the one in the last Typhoon Harmony on the quick backup from Sandown last week. Track was getting a bit chopped up there, even though it was only rated a soft five, and he didn't really seem to handle it. He was 1,200 to the 1,600 too, second up. And that first up run was very encouraging where he hit the line quite well. So I thought he could be a bit forgiving of his run last week, and on a quick backup, he may be a sharp improver. Moving across to Hawkesbury on Saturday, they've got their Hawkesbury Gold Cup. 
among a number of stakes races. Uh, the first of the black type action comes up in race six. It is the Hawkesbury 4X Gold Rush, a listed race over 1,100 Carl. I've gone with 10, a very fine red. Uh, has been freshened since the first up third in the uh, Bob Hoisted behind Kalos and I think that's a, a very strong form reference. Very fine red, a very fine red has drawn wide, should settle in the second half of the field. There looks to be decent pace on, and I'll be looking for her um, to get home over the top. We, of course, do remember that she did win the Lingy Stakes back at uh, Caulfield in the spring, so she's definitely up to this company. I've got her on top ahead of uh, a Felric and Andermatt, those two Godolphin runners there. They're definitely in the mix. They're, they're, they're going to be competitive for sure. And Titanium Power draws together a nice trailing run and will be there at the finish. I've gone 10, 1, 3, and 4. Yeah, I, I think it's between Andermatt and a very fine red. She's a bit of a, a favourite of mine, a very fine red. But I've gone for Andermatt on top. Just looks to stalk the speed from the inside gate and be very hard to beat. Good win, two runs back. And then didn't have much luck in the galaxy. Just uh, spent a fair bit of the straight held up and trying to get to the outside. And the race just passed him by. So I'm three to beat 10. Uh, in for third, number five, Zathus. Should be pretty competitive first up. He's a pretty consistent performer. And 6-1 Diva. Well, she can figure very prominently if the rain holds off. There's sort of mixed weather forecasts about for, for that area of New South Wales. But if the rain stays away, then she can certainly be among the numbers, three from 10, five and six. Race seven is the Group 3 Hawkesbury Guineas over 1,400 metres, Carl. Atmosphere on top for me. It was a last start second in the South Pacific, uh, usually a, a strong form race, and uh, this year should be no exception. Uh, did drop eight kilos on that occasion. Stays uh, you know, low in the weights, I suppose. It is a, a set weights uh a set weights contest, the uh, the Hawkesbury Guineas plus penalties and uh, atmosphere with the 56 is not overly uh, treated poorly. Uh, did finish uh, several good races last spring, was a runner-up behind Magic Time. And I just think that, uh, you know, given what we saw last time, uh, can easily press forward. And sometimes these on paces at Hawkesbury, they can be hard to run down. Got him ahead of number two, Cote, who, uh, you know, just raced too keen in the lead in the arrow field the start before getting home. Uh, with a, an interrupted run-in passage in the Derby Munro, I thought was an excellent effort. So I've got uh, that horse in for second. For third, I've put in number th- one, uh, the Fortune Teller, who uh, did win the Carbine Club on that heavy track very well. And then Hawaii 5-0 next best, 6-2-1-7. and seven. You know, I've gone for number four, True Crime, still to prove himself this sort of grade, but only lightly raced, and he's got a pretty consistent record, four from ten and a couple of minor placings. He does find quite often under pressure up front. He sort of doesn't have that immediate kick, but does keep rolling. He won the heat of the Provincial Series at Newcastle over 1,400 and then tackled the final and just was sort of probably found wanting in the last furlong, um, six and a half lengths from the winner, but the winner did win convincingly. He has won on very heavy ground, but I think getting away from that heavy stuff is no... Um, you know, no negative for him. And I just, I don't think there's a lot of pace in this race. And I think he can sort of control it and give a good kick each way. Uh, one, the fortune teller in for second, just has that touch of class. Six, atmosphere, I agree with you. I think he can roll forward and just be right there with true crime and be a leading contender. And nine, Rosetta, 
back to winning form last time out. That was on heavy. She did win on a, a driest track on Oaks Day back in through the carnival. So not necessarily convinced she's a wet tracker. She just um, probably didn't have a few things go her way earlier this campaign. Four for me each way from one six and nine. Race eight is the Hawkesbury Crown. Group three over 1,300 for the Phillies and Mares. Tycoon and Easy on top for me was, was, I think most people would say, should have won uh, last start when she resumed in the Winona Girl back in uh, you know, early March, has been kept fresh between runs and, and, and was ticking over with a third in a trial on the synthetic at uh, Randwick, uh, finishing just uh, on the heels of Jack Winnow. She's a, a mare that has won uh, over further. She has won up to the mile, a step up to 1,300 on the fresh side, certainly won't uh, hinder her. And it looks a lovely a stakes race option for her to get a, a bit more black type under her belt, uh, having won the Pam O'Neill over the mile uh, last season. So I've got her on top from number one, Princess Grace. Uh, always hard to line up overseas form lines, and uh, she ran really well short of her best distance in the Sapphire. So after performing like that, you've got to put her right in the mix here in a, a, a seemingly slightly easier contest. For third, ne- number 10, Never Talk, who always gets back and runs on. And number 15, Short Shorts, uh, maybe just overdid it a touch up in the speed last time, but is capable of better. 4, 1, 10 and 15. Yeah, I'm with Tycoon EV too. I think that'll be probably my sickest beat for the year, I would say, just because <laughs> having snapped up the $51 in the all-in market on the Monday and yeah, jumped at what nine fifty, and she was going to win, and then yeah, we know what happened, and of course couldn't get the protest. She's been kept fresh. I'm not sure whether they had an issue or whether they just held her back from the remainder of the Sydney Carnival and not got their eyes on Brisbane. Of course, she's owned up there and formerly a Brisbane mayor, so that's probably the latter. Uh, she trialled well, as you mentioned, Carl. Just going to need a, a little bit of luck from that gate, but I think she's going to be very hard to beat. Uh, one Princess Grayson for second. We sort of didn't know what to make of her first up in Australia, especially on wet ground. Um, you know, the American mares or the American horses haven't seen much of that. And she handled it very well, just probably peaked on her run late. You'd have to think that she's going to be better on dry ground. In for third, 15 short shorts. If she gets a run, comes through that provincial series we spoke about earlier. She's got good speed. She broke the clock at Kembler and then probably just a bit too heavy for her at Randwick, but ran well enough. And Del Cheney, she was very poor last start. I expected better from her. She can run on with speed on and might flop into fourth at big odds. But, um, yeah, I'm keen on Tycoon Evie. Race nine is the Hawkesbury Gold Cup over 1,600 metres. And uh, we've lost Skyman Yonkers and My Whisper among the early scratchings. And, Carl, I think we're in agreement here with uh, one of Chris Wallers. Yeah, New Mandate is a horse that I've been expecting to do something upon his arrival into Australia for quite some time. And... Uh, uh, there was encouraging signs last start in the Doncaster Preview, even though he finished ninth uh, when he was resuming there. He uh, he finished seventh in the Five Diamonds and ninth in the uh, the Ingham, formerly known as the Villiers. But his first up run in the Doncaster Prelude, he was he was wide from his uh, wide gate. Uh, the tempo didn't really suit. Uh, Bandersnatch, uh, you know, I suppose came out last week and frank the form out of it. But the way New Mandate was able to, to stick on and hold his position when they dashed home in, in sub 34 seconds, I thought was, was quite uh, uh, decent. And I'm hopeful that he gets a better run. And I suppose we have to take maybe a dollar or two off his price now that James McDonald is riding and Chris Waller has scratched those couple of horses at the top of the weights. So got him on top. I think he's an each-way price from 10 Lord Admore, 15 character 
and for Just Folk. Yeah, I've got new mandate on top. And as you say, you know, like if McDonald wasn't on, you know, I was watching the odds come up for that race on Wednesday and just sort of half expecting, you know, $14, $15 minimum. And then, uh, yeah, of course, you see him booked. And, and I think the best they offered was around eight eight fifty. Um, and as you said, with a couple of scratchings already, he probably won't start any longer. So still an each way price. And I'm expecting him to show a lot more here second up. Uh, in for second, I have number 10, Lord Ardmore, who was expected to win second up with James McDonald in the saddle. Um, didn't, but certainly wasn't disgraced. Had 59 and a half and went down fighting in a pretty uh, tight finish. Drops to 54 and a half here. Will be fitter. Three floating artists and eye-catching return from a very long spell at Bendigo. Whether the mile's long enough for him now is, is a slight query, but he's got a good record over the trip. And in for fourth, I've got number seven, Hopeful. Interesting runner. First start in Australia, was in this race 12 months ago, and he was runner-up to Kerwin's Lane and then won the listed Mayor's Cup. He hasn't been seen since the Q22. No doubt that's probably on his radar again, but you'd expect him to perform pretty well fresh. Uh, eight, ten, three, and seven for me. And that is the end of the black tie faction. Carl, take us through your best and value. So the value bet was New Mandate, which is the same for yourself. And uh, my best bet is Estadio Mastaya, uh, race 10, number 12, who resumes from a spell, has won five, uh, three of five starts, uh, really was impressed with that victory two starts go over Osbred Flirt, who I do have plenty of time for. And uh, I just really think that this horse is on an upward spiral and, and we're going to see him lift uh, from a rating of 77 quite quickly. With 54 and a half, Joe Moreira barrier three, uh, I think he's going to be very dangerous over that 1500 at Hawkesbury on Saturday. All right. As you touched on, my value uh, was new mandate and we've also covered my best. It is Tycoon Evie race eight, number four. Moving across to Morfittville on Saturday uh, for a pretty strong black type card. There are 10 races in total, but the first of the black type action comes up in race six. It is the HC Nitschke Stakes, a listed race for the three-year-olds, Carl. Five the Eagle is a horse that I've always uh, followed with, with great interest and uh, really well-bred uh, Alpine Eagle out of the mare, Tickle Mai, who was a wonderful miler. And uh, uh, the Eagle three starts ago won his maiden at Packham. He wasn't far away against uh, Mr. Moneybags, uh, an older rival. And then last time uh, just covered at grounds and didn't have the most economical run on a testing soft seven and was only beaten a couple of lengths. So with a, with a better run in, 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 in this event, I can really see him playing a role in the finish at good double-figure odds. I think he's around about 16 to 1. So I've got him on top from number six, Raw Merchant. Uh, who uh, does look to be uh, the, the, a real key contender. Uh, seven Prairie Flower, one last week on the quick back up there, and for five, Kiki Express. Uh, race seven is the listed City of Adelaide Cup, again, over 1,400 metres. No name lane on top for me, horse number three, finished third at Bendigo behind Imperial Lad. Uh, just went forward from the wide gate, stayed on quite well. The start before uh, was resuming in the Matrice over 1,200 metres, just over a short, too short a trip for him. And he did stay on and hold down his position uh, from the inside barrier. So I think third up now, out to his right trip, he should be ready to do something. So 
I do have him on top. The uh, the main danger is Ayrton, who is a little bit at the crossroads, but the promise of a slightly drier surface than what he encountered last time in Melbourne uh, gives him an opportunity. Number nine, Mamaran. Oh, gee, I cannot say this horse, uh, Joel. Mamaran. Yeah, Mamaragan, Mamaragan. Mamaragan all the time. Yeah, it just gets me all the time. The former John Thompson horse that was with uh, Nick Ryan now. And it was a disappointing effort that must be said last time. But I just hope the step up in trip uh, brings out the best. And uh, horse number four, Mavada, an evergreen horse that just is a specialist over this distance, has to be considered. So three, one, nine and four. Uh, race eight is the listed Redelva Stakes. Uh, this race to be run on the course proper at Morfordville. Should have mentioned the previous two races uh, on the parks track, but this is on the main track, and it is uh, yeah listed race for the three-year-olds over eleven hundred. Sweetens on top. I thought her debut win at Geelong was impressive. I've taken great interest in her since, um, and she's been out of the winner's stall. You know, after contesting some some really strong company resumed over the unsuitable distance of a thousand meters and, and found only one better at Patnam and then won nicely at sale as odds on favorite. She's double figure odds, probably around about 11 to one, but uh, you know, on her form in the spring, uh, she has a powerful finish. She draws kindly to, to be hitting the line over the top. And I've got her on top ahead of number three, Renosu, who uh, yes, well, he, he, he was showing, you know, glimpses early doors and then went off the boil. And now he's back on song with two really good efforts uh, this campaign, winning at Warwick Farm and then second to What You Need in the Sunlight Classic. Uh, third, I've put in number 10, Hellhounds. Similar form lines uh, through Sweetened uh, is a juvenile two-year-old winner in town. And for fourth, I've put in horse number four, Dool, who were... Uh, is an expensive yearling purchase and uh, looks, I'm sure, will will be uh, right in the thick of things and, and, and is, is prominent in betting. So I've gone 11, 3, 10 and 4. And race 9, uh, also on the main course at Morfordville is the RN Irwin Stakes, wait for age group 3, over 1,100. So I went with Curran to win the Hariba. I've gone within the boat to win the uh, Irwin. Uh, made, tried to make all the running and just got caught late. I think if he produces a similar effort uh, in this event, he'll be awfully hard to beat. And, um, you know, he's fitter for those two runs this campaign. I've got him on top ahead of Kalos, the Godolphin. Uh, runner who has won his past two starts and I've got them ahead uh, by a little gap to General Bo who um, you know has been fair of late I think I, I personally thought he'd, he'd measure up to be a slightly better horse than what he has to date uh, he's a four-year-old entire so maybe there's a question on how genuine he is and for fourth, number 10, another award who was well supported when winning two starts ago and was a reasonable fourth last time in the Manahai Classic. I've gone 2 1, 3 and 10. All right. Um, yeah, I, I might have to look and see what Jason Holder is for the Jockey Challenge. I seem to have come up with three of his as ones that I fancy for the day or at decent odds. I like Miss Galore in race six, number 12, this filly. Uh, was purchased out of New Zealand off a good trial. She made all the running at Ballarat on debut. They rode her a bit quieter second start. She over-raced a little bit, but I thought she finished off quite well uh, from an inside gate. They can just uh, ride her wherever she jumps out and be settling a little bit closer. I would have thought race seven 
Chicago Storm's a horse that's always looked like he could take the next step. He's been a model of consistency, 10 top two finishes from his 12 starts. And although this is by far his toughest test, just a couple of these older horses may have met them, sort of reached their mark, and he drops down to 54, gets a pretty good run from the gate. I thought he was worth thought. And one of the a bit longer odds in race eight, uh, Hope at Hand. Probably needs to step up a little bit, but she has showed glimpses of talent. Was thought good enough by the stable to bring to Melbourne last spring, where she struck a heavy track and didn't fire. Uh, first up against the handy validated, ran pretty well with 58. So at a bit of odds, she might be able to run a cheeky race. Carl, we've got your best. It was in the boat in the Irwin, and your value comes up in the last. It's the last. Race 10, number five. Uh, is it Hong Bao? I, I'm pretty sure that's the way to say it. Yeah, that's the one. I think uh, Richo likes it as well. He does. So it's been freshened since uh, performing well over the summer. The thing I like is that draws favourably. If you go through the form, uh, his best performances have been over sprint trips where he's drawn low and had uh, economical runs. And this race is quite even. And uh, I I just think as a course winner, uh, three starts ago, it shapes as a similar sort of assignment, and he has got the benefit of a, a an allowance claim of Will Price for a kilo and a half. So, on a, on a pretty tricky day, he's a, a safe each way bet in the final event. All right, moving up north uh, to Doomben, we have some monster fields there. We've got a nine race card, and again, as was the case last week, they're waiting till late in the day for their black type action. Races seven, eight, and nine. Race seven is the Eureka Stud Princess Stakes, a three-year-old Phillies race, uh, listed event over a mile, and uh, Wolverine up towards the top. Been finding it hard to win this prep, but she gets her chance here. Uh, would have thought clearly the set weights is going to suit her, Carl. Exactly right. Took the words out of my mouth. I think this is ideal. Last time at the 1400, you could just see she just couldn't go with the winner. Just the, the winner on that occasion had a, a sharper turn of foot. But um, today, or on Saturday, I should say, it sets up nicely up to the mile at the set weights. I think she's the one to beat from fall for Cindy, horse number 19, who is the uh, third emergency. Uh, it was held up at the key stage in the Carbine Club, finishing behind Wolverine on that occasion. They look the main sort of two. Super chilled from the Chris Wallace stable. Will be suited back on a dry surface compared to last time. And uh, horse number seven, Miss Faberge, um, is, a, is a nice chance. Uh, another New South Wales visitor uh, that has and uh, is just up here, I suppose, to get that black type uh, ahead of the uh, the Queensland Winter Carnival. I've gone uh, one nineteen uh, six and seven. Yeah, I fall for Cindy for me if she gets uh, a run and Wolverine hard to beat. And Beautiful Heart, I think, might be the value that half-sister to Hungry Heart. Has a fair bit of upside. Uh, did get beaten by fall for Cindy first up and then won her maiden over the mile last time out at Hawkesbury. So she uh, just might be a horse on the way up this time in, uh, which is sort of what Chris Waller can do with these late-blooming fillies, can target Queensland with, with a filly like her. I think her stablemate is one just to paste in the hat listeners, number 18, Fleur de Monde. I was hoping she was going to get a run and get a gate and win this race, but not to be. She's won her first two at the Provincial, so just keep an eye out for where she steps out next. Race eight is the Tail Stakes, a listed event over the mile, and 
well, we touched on a couple of early scratchings for Hawkesbury and they go around here. I speak of the two up the top, Skyman and Yonkers. What were your thoughts here, Carl? And they're the two that have gone on top. Uh, I thought New Mandate would, would be hard to be here, but he's not going to participate in this event. He's an early scratching. So that leaves Skyman and Yonkers in my mind to fight it out. And uh, they're both at similar stages of their career. Their, their past performances in the Doncaster Prelude were, were pretty similar. Hard to split. I gave the nod to Skyman ahead of Yonkers, who probably you'd say Skyman's a better miler than Yonkers. Maybe Yonkers is a 2,000-metre horse. That's the only way I sort of split them. The third, number 11, Cuban Royale, a get-back runner who has the ability to quicken off uh, slowly run races. So if they do want to sit up and dash home, that doesn't uh, rule uh, him out of contention. And the local mayor, Santero, who's won her past two starts, uh, sneaks into the field and, and definitely has a chance on recent performances. So I've gone 1, 2, 11 and 15. Yeah, just Skyman for me. I thought he'd be very hard to beat, even with the 60 kilos. Second up, he just gets the right run from that gate and I thought he'd be a bit too classy. And the last race is the list of Mick Dittman plate for the three-year-olds over the 11-10. And again, another race that might be knocked around with scratching. So in, in then anticipation of that, I've gone with number 10, that Chinny Chinny Boom. Uh, Philly, who uh, did such a great job to win last start, she's got an amazing record. And this is her toughest test, but um, I think she does set the standard. Lady Laguna, placed in her past three on wet tracks, um, really deserves a, a good stakes victory to her name. She's very honest. Uh, can happen in this event for sure. Spiritualized horse number two, has trialled well ahead of her resumption, um, so is definitely in with a chance. And I've been put in horse number uh, six, Golden Boom, in ahead of end assembly horse number four. So I've gone uh, 10, 8, 2, and 6 in the last. Yeah, some smart types going around here. If you're looking for a couple of odds to throw in your multiples, maybe 13 midnight in Tokyo. I've been following her through Sydney. She had... Hasn't really had all the favours. 1,400 back to 11.10. Whether she's still got the dash in her for that is the is the slight query. But um, I think she's better than her form reads. And 17 Bazique has some big wraps on her. She won well at her first start and then was a good second in stakes grade at start two. She's trialled well and she might um, sort of go out over the odds just because she's probably still a bit unexposed. Uh, Carl, your best is Wolverine, race seven, number one. Tell us about your value bet. Value bet race six number sixteen till I am. Um, I I thought the run, the runs last time wasn't too bad. It was over twelve hundred meters short of her best distance. Uh, her runs prior this year over that thirteen fifty to fourteen hundred meter journey have been uh, quite competitive, and uh, I just think that she a bit like uh, Wolverine over that fourteen hundred meters last time uh, was just a little bit uh, out out sprinted and uh, will be soothed by that little bit extra and uh, can play a major role here. In a, in a pretty even race, manhood of Annabelle Nations will have plenty of admirers and Mississippi Prince should set the tempo. But uh, I think uh, uh, Tilla is the one to uh, way to go on an each-way basis in race six. Okie dokie. Moving over to the West on Saturday at Ascot, a week after their big rich race, the Quokka was run and won by Overpass. Uh, we've just got one black type race there on Saturday, and it's a small field race for the Sheila Gwynn Classic, a listed race. Just the six runners, and our expert in the West, Greg Hooper, is with number three, Gun Metal Grey. 
to beat one Angelic Miss, six Vitalize and five Stella Vista. Uh, hoops reckons you can get your turkey early over in the West. Best bet is race one, number five, Rusty Drains. Uh, there's some informed horses here, but uh, this guy's three from three coming through the classes and Hoops expects him to win again. And at better odds, he likes race two, number four, Pray Again, who has often found one or two better than him, but uh, gets his chance to perform quite well here, fresh off a nice recent trial. Across the Tasman on Saturday, we've got racing at Pukekohe and at Rickerton at Pukekohe. Uh, it's the Easter Handicap, better late than never, I guess. Uh, group three <laughs> a mile. It used to be a group one, the Easter Handicap, going back quite a few years ago and was always a very strong and deep race. Uh, there's plenty of depth to it this year. Um, my value bet comes up in that race. Race eight, number 12, the Perfect Pink. Uh, she's been lightly raced since she won the 1,000 guineas at Rickerton in 2021. Uh, she eventually ran, I think it was third or fourth in the New Zealand Oaks later that season. Uh, she came back, only had two runs in the spring. Her first up run was very good, and then she struck a very heavy track and failed. And she resumed the other day, got home very quick, 32 and a half, last 600. Uh, she was finishing off strongly into fourth in a race a few of these come out of, and I thought second up she'd have a fair bit of improvement in her so she's my value and my best is race seven in the group three championship stakes for the three-year-old Chevelle Dior I've been with this filly for a while she hasn't won but gee she's been knocking on the door and she stepped up to black type level with the last couple and well last start she was very brave three wide the trip and just kept coming to finish third behind Arby and Desert Lightning who she meets again on Saturday and Hopefully for her loyal followers, she can turn the tables down south at Rickerton. My best comes up in the feature, the listed war step stakes for the three-year-old fillies. And number two, Luella Christina. She's got the breeding, Schnitzel out of Lucia Valentina. She's been going really well. She got the group one placing a couple of starts ago. And she was favourite last week to get a black tight win. She couldn't quite pick up the speedy Miss Layla who was only having a third start and did a good job to uh, stick on from on speed. But I think the step up to 2000 and the fact that she was four weeks between runs, Luella Christina, she should be fitter this week and can turn the tables. And my value is race nine in the Wait for Age Canterbury Gold Cup. I'm with number 12, Burgie. Certainly not suited at the weights being Wait for Age, but lightly race, Mare. She's coming along well. She stepped up to black tight level last start and finished off nicely for second. She's by Ghibelline, so you imagine the step up to 2,000 metres is going to be right up her alley. Well, that just about sees us out, listeners. But before we go, we better see what we're chucking our lazy lobster on. Carl, $20 bet. Um, Daniel started off pretty well, but they'll recently sort of dropped off a little bit. So you've got to pick, you've got to pick up the ball. And mind you, I've been uh, pretty ordinary the last few weeks. Barks has been carrying the team a little bit. So... What uh, what are you going to chuck your twenty dollars on, or your, your well, lazy lobster on? Well, we might as well have it on Gear Up. Uh, it's got the your tick of approval as well, so uh, I suppose Gear Up and New Mandate sort of uh, got the seal of approval from us both. So I'll go with Gear Up in the Mornington Cup ten each way. All right, ten each way. Gear Up. That is race eight, number four, Mornington. I'll go Mornington as well, and I'll chuck my twenty for a win on Dashing, which is race six, number four in the Mornington Guineas. Well, listeners, get out and pick, out, uh, pick up the winning post. It's got all your form covered Friday through to Monday, all your regular favourites. And hopefully 
we've found you a few winners. Carl is uh, pretty good fresh, he informs me. So get on and uh, yeah, we will be back next week with the preview podcast.